0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, amen. Praise the Lord. We are back. Amen. Uh, God is good. Amen. I'm Pastor Michael Jakes. And welcome once again to the Cutting It Right Bible Study. Sorry for the uh, technical difficulties that we did have just a moment ago. Uh, but we are back. Amen. Uh, We are here with another Bible study for your soul tonight. Amen. So we pray that all is well with you. We are streaming right now live over Facebook, YouTube, and Spreaker.com. Amen. So let's, we've already done the preliminaries previously. So let's open up with a word of prayer and we'll get right into our study for tonight. Lord, we bless your name tonight. We thank you once again for giving us an opportunity, Lord, uh, to bless your name. Lord, we pray that your word uh, will encourage us tonight, it will empower us tonight, and Lord, that it will help us to. Uh, learn more of you. Lord, we pray that you will have your way. Lord, draw those who need to hear this word tonight to this place on the World Wide Web. Lord, give us clarity of mind and heart, even as your word goes forth. Lord, have your way. We bless you. We thank you for all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We know that the uh, that the enemy does not want this word to go out, but uh, the devil is a liar, as you know. Amen. So we just bless the Lord and we thank him For what he is doing. Amen. We are continuing in our series entitled The Glorious Church. The Glorious Church. And we're talking about an aspect of the church that many don't think about or many uh, sort of uh, hurdle over. And maybe it's not even truly uh, understood. But we want to talk about the great mystery. The great mystery. And that great mystery is the relationship that Christ has with his church. Now, everyone loves a good mystery, but it's not quite the type of mystery that you and I think about when we think of the word mystery. When I think of the word mystery, I think of I think of Agatha Christie. When I think of mystery, I think of Jessica Fletcher, Murder, She Wrote. When I think of a mystery, I think of Hercule Poirot, that Frenchman who, that fictional Frenchman who is a solver of mysteries. That's what I think about when I think of a mystery, but... That's not quite uh, the understanding and meaning of the word mystery in Scripture. In Scripture, every time you see the word mystery, it's talking about and it's referring to a, a truth that was previously hidden. Something that was previously hidden that is now in this dispensation, this dispensation of grace that we are in, that now has been revealed. So you see, the understanding of the word mystery in the Bible is far removed from what we understand a mystery to be. And so when we talk about the mystery, uh, this great mystery that exists between uh, Christ and his church, we are talking about that which has been revealed in scripture concerning his relationship to us as his body. Amen. And so we're going to be looking at the nature of this relationship uh, tonight. Amen. So I want to start in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter number five, Ephesians chapter number five. And I want to start in verse uh, number 30. Let me remind you, if you're watching over Facebook, uh, that you can share out this page, uh, that others also uh, may be blessed. Amen. We always want to uh, ensure uh, that as many people as possible, Uh, are able uh, to hear uh, the life-changing message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, amen? All right, Ephesians chapter number five, and let's start reading in verse number 30. Ephesians chapter five, starting in verse number 30. Here's what it says. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Here's verse number 32. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So Christ, so rather Paul here, in chapter number five of Ephesians, he's just gone, he's just come out of a, a quite a lengthy uh, dissertation, Uh, quite a lengthy dissertation on the relationship between a husband and a wife in marriage. And so he is making that connection. Yes, he does talk about the husband and wife relationship, but he's letting us know at the very end of what he had to say that this is a great mystery. He is speaking about Christ and the church. And so we learn much about Christ and the church when we look At what he says about the husband and wife relationship. No, we're not going to uh, talk about the husband and wife relationship. But once again, what he says about that relationship relates over to the relationship between Christ and the church. God bless you, my sister Donna. God bless you. Amen. And so we're going to be talking about the nature of Christ's uh, relationship with his church. This is the great Mystery. Let me repeat once again what we mean when we talk about a mystery in scripture. It has a far removed understanding that we know of the word mystery. The word mystery in scripture is talking about something that was previously, something that was previously hidden in times past, but now has been revealed in this new uh, in this new dispensation of grace that we are living in. Amen? God bless you, Tracy. God bless you. And so let's make sure that we understand what we mean about a mystery. When we talk about the mystery between Christ and the church, it's not something spooky. It's not something that we can't understand. It's not something uh, It's not that. It is something that used to be. When we read in the Old Testament, we, we don't, when we read the Old Testament, we don't read about the church there is a a shadow a foreshadowing of the church uh, in the old testament when you hear uh when you hear the prophets talk about the gentiles coming in the gentiles would be eventually a part of what we now call the new covenant or new testament and they would be the uh in the church that's us we are the gentiles spoken of in the old testament and so there are shadows of the church but it wasn't but God did not give us all the specific details there but now here in scripture here in this new dispensation it has been revealed to us just uh what this relationship between Christ and the church is so let's start here first of all Christ built the church okay Christ built the church we read this marvelous scripture in Matthew chapter number 16 and verse number 18, it says, And I also say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. I want to go to the entire uh, conversation uh, that Jesus had with Peter there in Matthew chapter uh, Matthew chapter number 18. Here, let, let me uh, get into a little detail here. Matthew chapter number 18, Matthew chapter number 16, I'm sorry. Matthew chapter number 16 and here's this conversation He saith unto them unto them in verse number 15 but whom say ye that I am and Simon Peter answered and said thou art the Christ the son of the living God And Jesus answered and said unto him Blessed art thou Simon Bar Jonah for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee but my father which is in heaven and then he goes on to tell him what we just read in verse number 18. And I also say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What rock was Christ talking about? He was talking about this rock of truth that uh, Peter spoke. And that rock of truth was simply the words that Peter spoke, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, amen? That is the rock that Christ spoke of. He wasn't speaking of Peter as being the rock. He spoke of that nugget of truth that Peter spoke as being the rock, amen? So that's very important to understand and we'll get more into that as we move along. But that's first, Christ built the church. We're talking about the relationship between Christ and his body, the church. Christ built the church amen number two and we have several here we may not get to them all tonight but that's fine christ purchased the church christ purchased the church god bless you my brother leon god bless god bless you christ purchased the church let's go to acts chapter number 20 and verse number 28 it says take heed unto yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit hath made you bishops to feed the church of the Lord, here it comes, which he purchased with his own blood. Amen. He purchased the church with his own blood. Amen. And when we t- hear talk about the blood of Jesus and what happened, we're talking about the cross and what happened at the cross, amen, he purchased the church, that's us, he redeemed us, he paid the price that was necessary to buy us back, amen, and he did that with his blood, amen, his death on the cross was not a suicide, his death on the cross was nothing more, shouldn't say nothing more, but his death on the cross was a sacrifice, It was a sacrifice. It was not a murder. It was a sacrifice. Amen. He purchased the church with his blood. Amen. And so we need to bless the Lord every day because of the blood, because of the cross. You and I are here because of the cross, because he purchased us, purchased the church With his blood, we need to honor him, glorify him, and give him praise and thanks on a daily basis. If it were not for his purchase of us with his blood on the cross, you and I would not be here. And if we were here, we would have no hope. Amen. So we need to bless the Lord. Once again, we're talking about the relationship that Christ has with his church. Amen. Third thing. So important. Christ washed and cleansed the church. I want to go to the book of Ephesians. Once again, uh, chapter number five and verse number 26. It says that he might sanctify it, that he might sanctify it, having cleansed it by the washing of water with the word. Amen. Having sanctified it, that he might sanctify it rather having cleansed it by the washing of water with the word. Amen. So very important. And we'll talk about, uh, we'll talk about sanctification in just a moment. But right here, he washed it and he cleansed it. Verse number 20, uh, verse, uh, verse number, yes, that's verse number 26. He cleansed it with uh, that washing of water with the word. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's go to the fourth thing. He washed and cleansed the church. Once again, all of this, everything that we're talking about right now, everything that we're talking about, the nature of his relationship with the church, all of these are just parts of the blessings of the cross. I mean, we cannot, uh, we cannot, there is no way that we can tell you all of the blessings of, Uh, That the cross has given us we some things we know some things we understand and I am sure there are countless things that we don't know and that we do not yet Understand but when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be We will know even as we are known we will know we will see we will understand right now We don't get it all and that's fine But what we know what we know we bless his name for amen number four Christ sanctified the church. Oh hallelujah, he sanctified the church. Ephesians once again, we I don't want to, I'll, I'll read I will read the same scripture again that he might sanctify it. Let me stop it right there. That he might sanctify it. Amen. He sanctified us. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I cannot sanctify ourselves. I know we have tried uh, you and I have tried to sanctify ourselves, different ways we've tried to do it. Uh, we try to overcompensate when, when something wrong is done, when we do something wrong, or when we don't do what we're supposed to do, uh, whether it's a sin of word, deed, or thought, we try to uh, overcompensate by by doing more and and trying to make ourselves more holy, but that doesn't work. That only excites the sin nature in us, and we will be worse off than we were at the start. Amen? Christ is the one, uh, rather the Holy Spirit is the one who sanctifies us, but once again, it's through and by the cross. As As our faith is in Christ and his finished work, then the Holy Spirit can begin to do the work that needs to be done in our life. Amen. So that's very important to remember. Christ sanctified the church. And let me give you the simple meaning of that word sanctify. It simply means uh, that he set us apart. He set us apart. Remember what the word church means. The word church means called out ones. We are called out. He called us out. He took us out. He separated us from another life he separated us separated us from the kingdom of darkness and has placed us in the kingdom of his dear son amen so he sanctified us listen i couldn't sanctify myself there's no way i can sanctify myself there's no way that you can sanctify yourself amen while we were yet sinners christ died for us christ He sanctified the church. Praise the Lord. Number five. Christ, he glorified the church. Let me read verse number 27. Uh, Ephesians chapter five, verse number 27. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. That's you and I. That's you and I. That's how we are seen through the eyes of God because we are now clothed with the righteousness of uh, Christ. It's his righteousness. And because of his righteousness, once again, it says here that we are that glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing that it should be holy and without blemish. Now that's, once again, uh, that that is talking about That is talking about our position. That's who we are. But once again, it goes over to our condition. Because this is our position, now the responsibility that we have is to live sanctified. We can't just brush it to the side. I'm holy, I'm sanctified, and so I'm I'm automatically in. No, you have a responsibility to live a sanctified life. And the only way that you and I can live a pleasing and sanctified life is through faith in Christ. Faith in Christ. Then, once again, as we just said a few minutes ago, then the Holy Spirit. When we place our faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit will then begin to do the work that needs to be done in our lives. And... Ladies and gentlemen, the work that needs to be done in your life and my life, we don't even need to talk about it. We are not perfect. We need his help on a daily basis. Amen. And so each day, each day you and I choose to do the right thing. We see we still have this flesh and we still have uh, the power of choice. Okay, We are not robots. We still choose to do right and choose to do wrong. Now, we have the Holy Spirit within us. We're indwelt with the Holy Spirit, and we want to do what is right. We don't want to sin. That's, that's the great difference between someone who is saved and unsaved. When a Christian does sin, and Christians do sin, but when a Christian does sin, it's a pr- there's a price to be paid. There's a price to be paid. Uh, The Holy Spirit convicts us and lets us know that we've done wrong. If for some reason we don't realize we've done wrong. But even before sin happens, the Holy Spirit steps in and tells us, no, he leads us, he guides us, he directs us. He always draws us to Christ. Amen. But once again, when our faith is in Christ and his finished work, then uh, we will see the sin nature will be subdued, not gone, but the sin nature uh, will be held at bay, held at bay. And that's a, that, I think that's a, a good way to say it. The sin nature will be held at bay. Sin will not have dominion over us is what scripture says. All right. And that's what we want. We don't want uh, sin to have dominion over us. But when we begin to try to sanctify ourselves, when we begin to put our faith in our works and our deeds and all of those different things, then law steps in and then we make a mess of things. And the sin nature, as we said, it is excited and the sin nature will rise again. Amen? And so we must make sure uh, that we don't allow that to happen, amen? So he glorified the church, a, a glorious church. That's the title of our, of our series here, The Glorious Church. We are a glorious church because Christ died for us, amen? Number six, we're talking about the relationship between Christ and his church. Christ loves the church. He loves the church. Scripture says greater love, greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. But Christ went one step further. Christ laid down his life for his enemies. Even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Come on now, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So yes, it, it, it is a great truth. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. That's, that's great, but when you lay down your life for your enemies, that's what Christ did. He loved the church. Once again, let's go to Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 25. It says, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, amen? Gave himself for it, amen? Amen, Tracy T. Never knew love uh, like his, amen? You've never experienced the type of love that Christ has, amen? He loves us unconditionally. Think about that unconditionally, you and I do not deserve the love that he lavishes on us. We don't deserve it. Let me, let me show you how much that we don't deserve it. Let, let me, let me read to you just how much he loves us. Here's what it says in verse number 35 of Romans chapter eight, who shall Separate us from the love of God. See, we 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 look at this and we we, we and we're talk, the love of Christ rather, and we look at this and we say, Nothing shall nothing's gonna separate me from loving him. And that's a good way to put it. And and it's true. I don't want anything to separate me from loving him. But what this is talking about is that nothing will stop him from loving us. That's what these verses are talking about. There is nothing that can come that would stop him, cause him, make him say, I don't love you anymore. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I like to say that again. We are more than conquerors. That word, more than conquerors, that phrase is one word in the Greek, and it, and it means we are hyper, con, hyper con, uh, conquerors. We are super conquerors in Christ. Amen? Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, verse number 38, that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, that's talking about the devil, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing, nothing, nothing shall separate us from his love. Nothing on earth below or nothing above. Nothing shall separate us from his love. Amen. Number seven. Number seven, Christ is the head of the church. He is the head of the church. Uh, Colossians chapter one and verse number 18, it says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence all things, amen, that he might have the preeminence, amen. So he is the head of the church. There is no other head. There is no other head. Number eight, Christ not only is the head of the church, and they're not quite the same, but he is also the head over the church, amen. Ephesians chapter one, verse number 22 and 23, And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him to be head over all things, head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Amen. So he is the head of and he is the head over the church. Amen. We're talking about the relationship this divine relationship that Christ has uh, with the church. Number nine, number nine. Christ is the foundation. Christ is the foundation of the church. There can no other foundation be laid but that which is, let me read it. First Corinthians chapter three and verse number 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. There's no other foundation. That's why, that's why we have to get Christ right. We have to get Christ right. We cannot bring in aberrant teachings and and error when it comes to, to Christ. We cannot begin to change who we who He is. Uh, we cannot be uh find ourselves serving somehow serving a, a curated Christ, a Christ that we have sort of created on our own. Uh, a Christ uh a Christ that we have sort of uh patched together from different places. Uh that's not the Christ of Scripture. We need to make sure that we stick to the Christ of Of the word of God. Uh, The Bible says that in the last days. False Christs shall arise. False Christ. Uh, Not just people calling themselves Christ. But people who have created their own brand. Of Jesus Christ. Amen. False Christ. Uh, But we must make sure. That we keep our eyes. On the Jesus of scripture the Jesus of scripture there is no other foundation that is laid than that than other than Christ Jesus you see if you get and i heard this from uh brother uh, mike muzerol uh if you uh if you get everything else right and you get Christ wrong it, it, if you get Christ wrong everything else is going to be messed up if you get Christ wrong because he's the foundation He's the foundation. If you get Christ wrong, everything else is gonna be, uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be off. It's gonna be off because you don't have Christ under there. You 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 created something else under there. You've made another foundation. Some people put their works, and 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 some people put their their, their pastor. Some people put their church as the foundation. Not the right foundation. Christ is the foundation, the Christ of Scripture, the Christ that died for all on the cross. That is the Christ. That is the Christ that is to be the foundation. Amen. Finally, number 10. Number 10. Christ adds the saved to the church. There is only, we talked about it last week, there's only one way to become a member of the body of Christ. There is only one way to become a member of the church. I'm not talking about the local church because different local churches have different ways that people become members. And it's not always through salvation. Sometimes you have to fill out a card, sometimes you have to have an interview. Uh, sometimes you have to shake the pastor's hand. There are different ways that local churches have to make you a member of their church. But we're talking about becoming a member of the body of Christ, amen? And the only way to get in is to become born again, amen? Born again, you have to be saved, amen? Uh, Acts chapter number two and verse number 47 praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to them day by day those that were saved. Who adds to the church? It is the Lord. The Lord adds to the church. You and I, you and I do not add to the church. That's from Acts chapter 2 and verse number 47. You and I do not add to the church. What we do, what we do, we go into the world and preach the gospel. Amen? That's what we do. We plant, some of us plant, some of us water, but it is God who brings the increase. That's what we do. He told us to make disciples of of, of men, of of nations. That's what he told us to do. We do not save anyone. He is the one who who saves. The Lord added to them day by day those that would be saved. Now, when we follow his plan, when we follow his plan in his way, we will see the Lord add people to the church. We will see it. Once again, the church has gotten so accustomed to to doing things in their own way. Different churches, we talk about unity and whether or not we will ever see the type of unity that we read about in the book of Acts. I know there are individual churches that have that type of unity, but if it is now possible for all the churches that preach Christ to come together, I I, I don't know if we will ever see that with all of the different denominations and no denominations are not something that the scripture really endorses at all uh but men come in and they create denominations we uh what is as we begin to close tonight what is what is exactly uh when we talk about the church and the church body which word most closely fits your understanding of what the church is. Is the church an organization? Is the church an institution? Is the church uh, a a system? Is the church a a community? Or is the church an organism? I gave you several different words there uh, that would help maybe to for some to describe what they think the church is. For me, for me, my understanding of the church, the church is an organism. It is an organism. There are moving parts, A moving parts in an, organi- an organism. An organism is alive. An organization is created by an individual or individuals. An organism has a another power connected to it. And we know, we're talking about the church as... Organism. It is God who created the church. So the church is an organism. Some would some would venture to say that the church is an institution. Some would venture to say that the church is an organization or a system or a community. Uh, You would look at Acts chapter 2 and you would see one of the words that you could use to describe. What was going on in the early church was community. They had things in common and they shared with one another if someone had needs. We understand that it was a much smaller body at the time. And you could call, I would think that you could call that uh, it was a community of believers. But once again, when they began to grow, they began to grow. And so it wasn't as it was at the very beginning as they began to grow and as they began to branch off and as they began to be persecuted and they had to go underground and go different places it, it lost that sense of community but we do have as christians as the body of christ we do have christ in common and that is what is most important now once again whether or not we can all ever come together whether we all can uh, get along I, I i don't know uh there are too many denominations there are there are thousands Literally, there are thousands of denominations in the United States, and they all have different belief systems in one way or another, and it's all based on what this scripture says that. No, we don't believe that scripture says that. We believe it says that. We do things this way. We wash feet. No, we don't wash feet. We believe in speaking in tongues, or we don't believe in speaking in tongues. And for some reason, these different these different uh, disagreements on scripture uh, has caused a schism. a a division in the body uh, in some places. Uh, And for us to come together, it's gonna take a true act of the Holy Ghost. But God is the God of the impossible and God is able to bring true revival to his people. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, And turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sins. And heal their land. That's 2nd Chronicles chapter 7. And verse number 14. If all of God's people. From all denominations. From all cultures. Would seek his face. And turn from their wicked ways. We can see. God do mightily. In this world. Amen. And so. This is, this is what we call the great mystery. Amen. Something that was hidden. It was hidden, but let me just put it in layman's terms. It was hidden, but it's not hidden no more. <laughs> it's not hidden no more. These things that we know about the, the relationship between Christ and his body, it's not a secret. It's not hidden anymore. We've just, we've just gone through just a few uh, of the things that help us to understand this relationship that we have that Christ has with his body which is the church amen so let's think on these things and let's help the let allow these things to get into our spirit we're sanctified we're washed we're cleansed we're purchased he's building the church uh, he's glorified the church he loves us he's the head of the church he's the head over the church he's the foundation and he's the one who adds to the church let Let us take all of these things to our hearts and allow the Lord to speak into our lives. Amen. Lord, we bless your name tonight. We thank you once again for giving us an opportunity uh, to hear your word, to know your word. Lord, we are just amazed, Lord Jesus, when we think about uh, the fact that you love us so much. Lord, that we don't deserve it. Lord, we don't deserve it. But Lord, you have placed us in This body, Lord Jesus. And as long as we are here, Lord, we want to serve you. Lord, we are your servants. Lord, as you speak, we will do. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We know that we love you because you first loved us. We thank you for all that you have done. We thank you for all that you are doing. Lord, we know that even when we don't see you working, you are working. Lord, we know even when we can't feel you working, you are working. So, Lord, have your way. Do as you please. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. God is good. Once again, I ask you to forgive me for the lateness of the hour. We had uh, technical difficulties. I was A little video was playing, and my computer just decided to shut down. I had a blue screen, and those of you who know anything about computers, I got a. I had a blue screen, and I had to, I had to fix it. I had to do something to, to make it work. So, our equipment needs to be uh, updated a little bit, and we're working on that. Uh, but uh, we just bless the Lord and we thank Him for what uh, He is doing. Amen. Uh, God bless you, Tonda. Uh, God bless you, Donna. Amen. God bless you, Donna. Uh, and uh, God bless you, uh, uh, Leon. God bless you, Leon, amen? So we just bless the Lord, and we thank him for what he is doing, amen? God is on the throne. God bless you, Tracy. Uh, God is on the throne, and he is working on our behalf. Remember, when you don't see him working, he is working, amen? I want to remind you once again, we have 15 days to go, uh, August the 5th. Uh, our book will be available on amazon.com churchified or sanctified exploring the dangers of religion and the glory of relationship amen we're looking forward uh, uh we're looking forward uh to the to our book uh being released and we just pray uh that you will continue to pray for us uh as we continue to uh put the finishing touches uh on Uh, what the Lord has given us. Amen. Also, uh, you can join us on Sunday morning. Sunday morning at 1130. You can catch us live or catch the replay. uh, Lessons from the parables, finding encouragement in selected parables from the book of Luke. We're looking forward to that this coming uh, Sunday morning. Amen. Monday night. Monday night. It's the line by line podcast. We're going through. The Bible, one verse at a time. That's at 7 o'clock on Monday night. And we are in the book of Matthew, chapter number 8. We're moving steadily along. And uh, the Lord is blessing us as we're going through uh, his word. Amen. And also on Tuesday night, we're we're continuing in our series entitled The Remnant, a biblical overview of God's end time people. And we'll be back here next week. Uh, with another installment of the first principles of the Christian life and we're going to be on uh, next week we'll be looking uh, we'll be looking uh, more at the church uh, this glorious church amen so we just bless the Lord and we thank him for all that he is doing. continue to pray for us uh, that we continue uh, to move forward uh, in the name of the Lord. I'm praying for you, Uh, I am so uh, happy that I've gotten to know uh, many of you, like I've never seen you, Uh, most of you have never seen you, Uh, uh, and we've never met, most of us, Uh, but I thank God that he has given us this opportunity to come together online uh, these few times a week, whenever you're able to, uh, that we can uh, go over the word of God together, amen, we just look forward to Uh, to that. Amen. We really do look forward to meeting with you. Amen. So we just bless the Lord and we thank him for what he is doing. Amen. Well, that's our study for tonight. And once again, you can join us on Sunday morning or any other day of the week other than Thursday and Friday uh, and Saturday. But we'll be back here on Sunday morning uh, with another edition of the Sunday Sermon Series. Amen. So until then, I'm Pastor Michael Jakes. We'll see you next time. Be blessed and we will See you. Have a good one. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.